Hello and welcome back to Maybe We'll Talk, a podcast where I talk to people. Today we are talking to Alex about Eye of the World, which we have both been reading. I've been reading it kind of slowly. I expected it to take me about two months, and uh, it might take me a little bit longer than that. I think uh, I would say my rate of completion is something like 0.8 chapters a day at this point if I were to add them all up. I think I've read slightly less than one chapter a day. A few days I've missed, a few days I've read two. Anyway, this feels like it's late. Uh, it is late. It's Friday. I mean, it's late according to nobody's schedule but mine. I'm not on a deadline here. But at first the idea was I was recording kind of the two main topics on Friday and Saturday evenings. And I figured I would put them out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like that would, during, as far as me and having to work on them during the week, that seemed like it would work. And if I had a, you know, if I have a movie or something else weird, I put it out on a Wednesday, and we're a, two, a few days behind. Well, we're basically a day behind on both of those right now, because it's Friday. But I think what is really weird is that, like, I look, I look back at what's been published. Is this... Who cares, right? Am I just explaining to you what making a podcast is like? When I look back at what I've published, and I look at the last episode relating die of the world and it says like something about elias and i and i'm like shit i don't think we've hung out with those characters this week at all and it's i'm kind of like that can't be the last thing we talked about but it's not the last thing we talked about the last thing we talked about was whatever we talked about last saturday which is what we're about to hear and like where i am at in the book now i'm going to talk to alex tomorrow so yeah, maybe I'll start putting these out earlier in the week. I guess I could have just said that instead of all of the things that I said just now. But, uh, you know what, whatever. I'm fucking having fun. I, I actually had a, an incredible week, even though I'm a few days behind. You know, it happens. It happens to all of us. And uh, I'm really getting a lot of things done and uh, really focusing on the things that I think uh, are important to me. The things I've had to figure out exactly what it is that's important to me. I'm not sure if anything is. But before we take a turn into grimness and misanthropy, there's been a lot of talk around here lately about how no one likes a misanthrope. And it's not all been directed at me. Try to be nice. It's easy to hate your fellow mans. <laughs> uh, here's Alex. We're going to mention, I'm sure, in the cast, uh, what episode, what chapter, where we are in the book. I'm sure we will mention it. Eye of the World by Robert Jordan, the first book of Wheel of Time. We've been reading it. Let's talk about it. What's up? Yo. How you doing? Pretty good. Great to hear. It's, it, is, it is beautiful here today. I have, like, the sunlight nice. fills me with a life energy, you know? <clears throat> Even though I exactly. sound like I still have COVID, you're but I really. <laughs> oh, what? Sorry. I was saying it's the exact opposite for me. I'm miserable here in the sun. Oh. Even in like. I mean, I don't know. Do you have a long, cold winter or is it just kind of rainy all the time? That's, you know, that's what I think. Yeah, I think we, it's just raining all the get, time. <laughs> yeah. We get uh, like snow pretty okay. regularly. Not like a snowy winter, but like snow here but it does snow okay yeah yeah because over here oh go ahead i like warm overcast days i just don't like sun specifically sure i do like actually 
Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, that's fair. It might just be that I like that it's warm because over here, you know, there's two feet of snow on the ground for three months. Yeah. Like it's just, it's like it's actually like awful. <laughs> yeah. I can totally understand it being a relief yeah. ha having that break. Yeah, so it's great, and you know, I get to bring my plants outside and dig around mm -hmm. and you know all my stuff, all the fun stuff. Yeah. All right, so I'm through chapter 31. We've got, like, I, as I predicted, well, not really. And honestly, I didn't, I watched the four episodes. I, Jesus Christ. How is the first thing that I say constantly? <laughs> All right, I'm not even, I didn't say it yet. So anyway, uh, but yeah, the, the Rand and Matt have figured out that they can be apprentice glee men and play flutes yes. and juggle. And yes. uh, Tom, fun. boy, Tara were very sad without, they're the ones the most on their own. Although actually, Perrin and Egwene are in quite a bit of trouble. And boy, do I hate yeah. these, these KKK guys. <laughs> you made that connection, really? <laughs> he was still very subtle about it. I don't know how anyone makes that connection so easily. So yeah, that's where we are. I love... I love Bornhold because he's that, like, he's clearly very intelligent. That's like, the elder? He tries to be a nice person, but, right. like, he's but very blinded by the... He is, blind, he is a soulless minion yeah. of orthodoxy. He's blinded by the structures yeah. of his faith. Yeah. Like... Bernhold. Blinded by the doctrine and, like... Yep. Yeah, so it's like, and even in that interaction, like it's very obvious, like the logical flaws in what he's saying. Yep. But <laughs> one of the biggest logical flaws is that he considers himself a nice person. Really, is what it is. You can tell that he thinks he's, you know, if he wasn't blinded by that doctrine, he's a very nice person. Right. Like, you know, but he has people executed and stuff. Yeah, but that's, that's again, that's the right. doctrine thing. Yeah. He, he's under the belief that that is the correct thing to do. So, like, in, in regards to that, like... Yeah, an interesting if, character. Works, he, would be a, he would be a nice person. That's not the way the world works. <laughs> right. Yep. But yeah, you know, a complex character we've only seen... I mean, you know, I've only just barely met him but uh yeah interesting so far Perrin is seeing in the dark now i like Perrin. i like his druid abilities i like the idea <laughs> of the steading like there are there were these now i'm picturing the ogiers as some kind of shaman sort of tribe that kind of set up these steadings to you know protect the land or yeah shaman again i keep mixing up shaman and druid but they are kind of those two I mean, sort of archetypes are very close to each other. Shaman's pretty... Um, More elemental, but also they both talk to spirits, I think. Yeah. Maybe uh, the druid is more like living spirits or living animals or the spirits of the forest, you know? I mean, Elias did say, like, uh, that it's the steading that make the ogier, not the ogier that make the steading. 
Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, but they are, yeah, some some sort of caretaking kind of spiritual position. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear more about that too. I found I found that very interesting. Yeah. What else did we get? We got the arrival to Whitebridge. Uh, oh yeah, an artifact from an ancient time, an age of yeah. legends. Everyone except for Egwene and Perrin went through there. Yes. And yeah, Nynaeve is very frightened when she steps her horse's hooves onto the glass <laughs> spider web like span that crosses the river. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, there is a town called Whitebridge, and there is a great, a a great, a great white bridge that spans <laughs> the enormous Arendel River. And uh, yeah, it is uh, unknown what material it is, who made it, but it is very hard and permanent, even though it looks like a shimmering gossamer glass spiderweb crossing. It says something like, "If lattice was made out of frost, not lattice, lace." was made out yeah. of ice or something like that. Yeah, there's. I was actually thinking a lot about how all of the little chapters... In, this book is very episodic, and all of the chapters, or, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them really introduce a lot of... like a whole different set of fantasy imagery. And... Yeah, yeah it's really... it's There's a lot. Like, it's really meaty, and like... It's a real... It's sort of an old-school adventure. Yeah. And... Um... And like, there's so much detail in every single chapter. Yeah, it's really. really cool. In like a TV series where like every three or four chapters was an episode. <laughs> it would be so expensive. They'd have to make so many sets and so many locations, but it would be incredible. <laughs> it's amazing how yeah, because I mean, this really is. I like above. Maybe, you know, not above everything, because it really is, because there are really two sort of aspects of it. There is this, you know, one place to another new place to, you know, another exciting challenge or adventure to, you know, what's going to happen here. But yeah, it also gives you like time to hang out with the characters like really. It does that really well, I think, at the same time as the travel aspect of like it's. It really gives you time to hang out with the characters. Yeah. I really like the um, comparison kind of between uh, Moraine and Tom. Okay. Where they're both looking for information on, you know, in Whitebridge, and they both kind of do it in the same way. Where they, they end up at the same bar. Yeah, that too. But it's, it's very much like a um, kind of talk around the topic that you want to learn about and let the person fill in the details that you actually want to know oh yes sure right yeah. yes very smart <laughs> yep yeah exactly that's how you get yeah that's how you get information without sticking out too much although rand and tom and matt don't do such a great job of not sticking out yeah right <laughs> well, I wasn't really Tom's fault in that. No, I mean they were. It was there was trouble a brewing the second they 
the second they arrived. What happened in chapter 30? I've got, I've got my, the, basically, instead of taking notes here, I've just got the Discord thread. So 29 was the Ravens, and 31 was very delightful, actually, piping and solid mat, but piping and juggling nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't believe I don't farm. have the book in front of me again. Ah, uh, please. Yeah. <laughs> meeting the farm girl, Elsie yeah. Grinwell? Yep, yeah. that's 31. <laughs> So I, I guess yeah. I didn't have anything to say about chapter 30. 30 was... Well, you did. You were talking about the White Cloaks. That was uh, when... Oh, is it Ravens and that does... Is it two Perrin chapters in a row? Yeah. Okay, okay. The White Cloaks is chapter 30. Okay, gotcha. Setting in the White Cloaks is the next chapter. Um, yeah, so Arthur, Archer Hawkwind and his crumbling statue, much like uh, that other guy... Um, do you know the guy that upon the base of his statue, it said, uh, look upon my works, yea, mighty and despair. Only his feet were left in the desert. Ozymandias is the guy also known for having a statue of him crumble. (laughs) Another very famous crumbled statue, Ozymandias. But yeah, here we have Arthur Hawkwind. Was he in an anime we watched? Uh, if you're talking about King Arthur, then, and you watched, uh, Fate's Day Night. Oh, I'm talking about Seven Deadly Sins. Oh. Oh, yeah, he's in that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) He's in a lot of, uh, anime, surprisingly enough. Would you call that a sword and sorcery anime? Yeah. Yeah. Not too dungeon crawly, more, I don't know, superhero dungeon crawly. I don't know. Japanese anime dungeon. I don't know. Yeah. Japanese anime sword and sorcery. Sure. That's, yeah, that's pretty accurate. It's pretty good. There's a lot of knights in armor and stuff, I guess. The main characters tend to not need to wear armor because they're very, very super powered. Or just straight up in battle. Yeah. Because... Bon. Bon is really cool. Their yes. traveling pig house is very Dungeon and Dragons. <laughs> it's also, there's a uh, book on Royal Road, a uh, web novel about a traveling bar in a very similar manner to the. That's great. Is the bar an animal or does it have like chicken legs or something? think it's an animal oh i haven't actually read that one okay if you have been recommended multiple times i'm not actually interested in reading it so what is the title uh i think it's the wandering in the wandering in i'll look it up i'll I'll figure it out yes moraine yes as a matter of fact i made a note that moraine uses presence to gather her information yeah, you, you did say that. She puts out a, a sense of calming and sort of attraction and, uh, you know, something that eases men's lips when she, you know, sets out her, she sends her empathy out in a field. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah. Maybe not she a field, of, but... Very calm and, you know, calming person. So I think that's more... Uh, 
It did not. Yeah, it did not specifically <laughs> say that she was like using any type of power. It did. Also, it, it did say yeah. it, it seemed like she was very good at being charismatic and making people relaxed around her. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like like level one presence. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like very vague, like maybe she's using the power in the first book. It's kind of like she might be, you know, this might not be normal human things. Yeah, I mean, and I, I love the idea of like subtle magic. Of you know yeah. being able to just kind of influence what's going yeah. on. It's, it's really cool because it's like you get subtle, but you also get that realm shattering. You know, earthquakes, giant walls of fire. And, yeah, 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 oh. right, yeah. You get a variety of flavors. You get appetizers, appetizers, <laughs> and you get you know a full a full meal now and then. And they met, so, yeah. I don't know why, yeah. This one might be a little bit of a stretch, but it's, you know, as far as me making real-world mythology connections, because these, this is what points out what sticks into my mind, is that, uh, so the Tuatha de Danann were the first people to, not, not the first people, they were the people that claimed Ireland and fought the Fomorians back into the ocean. And they're basically, um, they're not felt to be human. They're like a fairy type of race that was in Ireland before humans came. Yeah. Oh, we did go through a whole lot of the Tuathan, didn't we? Yes, that's why uh, I've come to my note that says Perrin likes the dancing girls. <laughs> we did the whole Tuathan thing, but yeah, so that word reminds me of the first race of fairies that came to Ireland and drove off the Fomors. Yeah, and their uh, their philosophy is interesting. I love it. It's, I'm into it. That's my shit. Uh, I love Leafs. Well, I mean, they do make a good point. Like, Karen and Elias do make a good point. Like, what do you do when Trollocs come? And, like, run away. Okay, well, there's only so far that you can run before everything is gone. Well... I'm gonna. You guys, I mean, someone will be fighting him, so I'm probably gonna be smoking my pipe and growing radishes. Yeah. Well, it's not a good. It's not a. I, I'm aware that none of my philosophies exactly work. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's more the fact that they they like look down on people and think badly of people who do fight. That's, that's true. That's, that's true. Yes. They yeah, greatly they, dislike they, his ass. It's like, no, that's not, that's not really viable. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Yeah. There is a, they, they do project a sense of it is shameful that you're even carrying weapons. So. Yeah. And it's like, it maybe in the real world that could work possibly mm. Mm. people who will take advantage of that. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, but in this world, 100%, you, there's no denying that this is a horrible idea. Nobody should ever, like, you can do it for yourself if you want to, but it is 100% necessary for there to be people who are capable of and willing to fight. Yeah, like, I mean, in this world, we really are quite a ways off from getting along. So, uh, <laughs> this where, where there are actual Trollocs and monsters and demon cre bird creatures flapping around. You're real dark, real bad. Know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, father of all lies, armies of darkness, 
it, it yeah. doesn't work quite as well. But I like them. But as a, but I still but I like them. So I like them. It's yeah. Well, I mean, to meet, like, uh, it's gonna be great. Book book three and four. Book four specifically is gonna be so good. It is. I love it. It's it's um. It introduces characters that have a more realistic view of those beliefs. Okay. And like one, they don't pressure anyone. Two, they don't run, right? Yeah. They throw themselves into danger without fighting. So they will stand there and be cut down to let other people run away. Oh that can't fight. Wow. Well that's devotion. <laughs> It's a very different philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> very similar, but also very different. It's like, yes, we need people who can fight, but we also need people who don't fight. And not fighting doesn't mean that you can't protect people. It means that, you know, you don't, like, you don't engage in the same way, you know? Sure. You maintain that ideal of peace without sacrificing people do you think that the first book is a little bit different than the rest of the series is this one of those kind of yeah i did i did uh mention it at least once that originally he wrote the first book as sort of a standalone like he had an idea for the rest of it but he wrote it to get it published and when they published it like it was popular enough they're like hey we want more from you and he's like yeah. i have ideas for the rest of it so, like, it is supposed to be capable of being self-contained. Right. The rest of them are very much, like, intended to finish the series out. Okay, yeah. I mean, it does, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I, guess I will see as we go along. But I do, I do enjoy these sort of little episodic adventures that we're getting at this point. I think this middle section really is a lot of, you know, town-to-town, little yeah. scene. And I really... I, 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 it's very enjoyable. It, it's like it's almost like a little collection of short stories right here. Like, yeah, and I'm, it's it's oh, it's connected ahead. and like it flows really well. Even though you're getting like jumping perspectives, you sure. don't feel like you're missing anything. No, no. But even even though you're not getting like. You're not getting the travel time and stuff like yeah, that. Well, it's... So, a little bit, but like Moraine, Moraine and Nineaven Land just arrived in Whitebridge. You didn't get right. any of that travel, you know, the whole week and a half or whatever it took them to get there. You just got them coming together and then them in Whitebridge trying to find uh, Brandon Matt. The book very politely skips the boring parts. <laughs> right yeah they're very good very polite very polite of this book thank you thank you mr jordan <laughs> yeah so you can see why like also i said like it's really hard to get through the first part maybe not as hard once you get older and you're used to like right all no i can see this is the kind of books that i was reading in the 90s which i keep talking about when i was a teenager like i would have I would have picked this up and read the first chapter and maybe started the second, got into the second and third. I've been like, nothing. There are three chapters and nothing has happened at all. And I would have been like, well, same thing I did with Lord of the Rings. I would have done the same thing. I know it. Yep. And so it's, it's very much, uh, once it, once it gets going, it's really, yeah, it's like you said, it's episodic. It's, it's very, 
active, not necessarily action, but it is active. Like you get the characters doing things, not just uh, building their personality. Like those first chapters really build out who the characters are, and then they get like fleshed out. They get fully decorated and stuff. Uh, the personalities are just like being filled in along with the action later on. Yes, yes, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's kind of what I was, yeah. It's, it's a I like that balance. That, yeah, it is. It's subtle, yeah. It's a subtle thing that a whole lot of authors don't really understand. They either spend too much time uh, focused on the person or the action, and there's no real blending. And so you get a lot of really, like, dry parts that are, like, once you already know the character and you're just kind of like, I don't need this dry stuff. I want to like, I, I want to experience the changes that they have, not be told what the changes are. Right. Yeah. Uh, there is a, a popular piece of wisdom that says show, don't <laughs> tell. Yeah. <laughs> so here we have a, a fine example. <laughs> yep. Of showing. And I, I did briefly mention, I think, when we started talking about uh, the book that I was reading, um, the web novel that I was reading, where it was a whole mess of, like, lots of telling yes. and, like, showing action, but not showing, like, the character's interaction with the action. It was just the action going on. And that was, yeah. That was why that one was just such a mess for me and so hard to get through because it just felt so dry the whole time. And that can, yeah, and that can be the result is that it it ends up feeling dry or it ends up feeling like maybe not in this case, but I mean, I talked to Saint about certain certain writers for Vampire the Masquerade. You know, some of those books, those source books are just full of little stories and little letters from vampires and little flavor for the world. And some of them read like a textbook, like a like a like a high school textbook about, you know, medieval history. So it's like some of them could be very dry and there is there has to be a balance of, you know, information, but also the information being used and shown why it can be interesting and fun. And uh, yeah. this book really, I re and really, yeah. And I think what we're both saying is that I really do. I agree with you. This book nails that balance. And that's, yeah. I love it. I love that there's a, it's that's a tightrope. By many, many people. Uh, would you say that again? I said, and that's why it's considered a masterpiece by many, uh, many people. The word, the word masterpiece kind of crackled a little bit. Like that one word I didn't hear, but yeah, uh, it's great. Those people are right. And yeah, and I mean, it's always, like I said, it's something that I've always known this is a classic. I, 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 almost, I almost don't know why I haven't read it yet because, you know, like I told you, uh, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Dark Tower, like all of this stuff, all the 90s crap. Yeah. But I just this then, never never you know what no one no one was ever like, hey, you should read this now. I need a nudge yeah. from time to time, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like it's a very uncommon trope, but it's one that I really like and we talked about a little bit last time where like Pan was like, Oh, you know, leaders never have to go through this and right. then this time we got the oh Rand would be so good at talking to women like this and then we go to Rand and Rand's like Rand's thinking the so same thing. <laughs> yeah 
They're all, and, yeah, they're all figuring it out. Well, I feel like it's such a trope, but I've also can't think of another book where they really dive into that, where characters are thinking about other people, like, as being better at something than they are, and, like, both sides, you, you know, getting both sides thinking, oh, you know, this other person is so much better at it than me. Yeah, the characterization goes on through the eyes of the other, like, that's, and that's, I think that that's really, that's a really skillful character building, that it, yeah, they are characterized through each other, sorry. Yeah, it's so human, too, because it's like, you know how many times, like, you thought, oh, man, this person's so much better at this than me, and then, like, you talk to them about it, and they're like, oh, man, you're so much better than me. Dude, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really it and yeah, I talk about Stephen King a lot, but his characters feel really human, and I I I really think these guys do too. I really like these characters. That's one of my biggest problems. I don't feel like I can create real characters like these in my writing. Like this is this is it. This and and like any Stephen King book, these are real characters to me. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I have, like one of the fears that I have, like starting writing things is like, can I can I ever match up to that? And I shouldn't be I shouldn't be comparing myself to him because like right, yeah. decades of experience even yeah. before decades. But he, that's what you do. You look up to people and you're like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. You want to be that good, and mm-hmm. I want to I want to use that as an example. Like but... no one ever was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah no it's a fear of like i really yeah like how do you like the i and that's really that's a big part of what it is like i like some of the way that a, a cast of characters works together and the, the humanity of it i feel like yeah i feel like there. well obviously yeah obviously i feel like there is a magic in it but yeah creating real creating really human characters is hard is what i'm saying yes and creating a good narrative on top of creating realistic characters is even harder. (laughs) Writing is hard. (laughs) A lot goes into this shit. (laughs) That must be the reason why most people don't do it for a living, you know? Yeah. People picture old Stevie just blowing cocaine all day, blasting rock and roll radio and just hammering at his typewriter absentmindedly while money pours out of it. (laughs) Just literally printing money. Yeah. It's a beautiful image to me. Well, uh, yeah, what else? Anything else overall or these set of chapters? This is kind of, yeah, I, I, well, I didn't even say it yet, but so I've just finished... 31. Oh, no, I did say it. I said where we're at. Yeah, we did. We've, yeah, we started at the end and moved our way back. Yeah. So we're, we're almost at Camelin. Oh, um, yeah. We're actually going to get there. Is that going to be the end when everyone meets up? To, I'm not, don't, I'm sorry. I won't ask about what's going to happen. I'm done doing well, that. We're only, 60, we're only 60% of the way through the book. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, we got some but, stuff to. Everyone's everyone's on the way to Camelin, like so. You know, it, well, Moraine and Nynaeve are obviously looking for uh, Perrin, but Perrin's on his way to Camelin, so 
they are all currently converging on Camelin. Alright. I thought that we were going to be there this time, but I think it's another three chapters or so before we first reach Camelin. I've been a little so, I've been a little slow. I feel like I've been reading about six chapters a week. So there's like one day I end up kind of, you know, because through the way that sometimes I read at night and sometimes in the morning, it sometimes doesn't add up. It adds up to six, I think. Yeah, which <laughs> is fine. Yeah. We're, you know, more than halfway through. We're and like probably if you feel like it, we could probably pick up the pace. I'm not. Don't want to push you to it, but <laughs> maybe we will consider it later. So yeah, make a good catch up and pretty quickly. So I'm about to be done with the Maze Runner, which I'm reading with Annabelle. So, yeah. but I have, but I've already started Night Roll Night Road, the Vampire, the Masquerade, <laughs> Choose Your Own Adventure novel. Yeah, but that's well, light. That's why I was saying, like, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no, no, and I'm not, you know, and it's funny that, I, and I always sound like, oh, I've got so many things to read, but really, I just kind of like, I kind of like updating everyone on what I'm consuming. You know, that's what this whole, that's what this whole Twitch internet bullshit thing is. Look at all the things I like. <laughs> I like Night Road. I like Vampire the Masquerade so much. I am, I am consuming so much vampire content right now. There's a new interview with the Vampire TV show. Oh boy. I watched that. What? Yeah. I feel like the movie was good enough. Oh, but... I love the movie and I and I don't think it's available streaming anywhere. I think I talked about this last night too, but uh No. I like that 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 movie was a big part of my teenage years. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, no, it probably was good enough. Uh, I haven't read the book in a while, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking I might read that one again. See, that's that's the thing for me. Like, that's the other side of it. Like, you know, uh, we get the really bad, cheap uh, meme where it's like it's just really phoned in, and like, right? They just like uh, piggyback off of the fame of the book without actually putting in the effort to make a good like be faithful to the source material you know even just in a way that captures interest in the same way this uh i actually think the interview with the vampire tv show was very good and i think that it it really held my interest and i think that it was it was it was different but faithful in a in a the the core of it the the core of the storyline was faithful they they made it 100 years they made it during like the twenties, which was a fine setting. Um, but this is what I want to say: is that they are doing like an Anne Riceverse. There's like another show, the May the Mayfair Witches or something. They're doing tie-ins and they're built. They're doing you know the thing. We're gonna have it forever now. Yep, it's nice. gonna keep going forever now. Yeah, and like. I would love that in Jordan's work if they had gotten the the original right. I would have I would have loved that. I would have been so for that and like telling all the stories that he didn't get to tell 
about all sorts of different places in the world that we'll never visit in the books, and they would just be really cool. Uh, but they messed up doing the first book, so I have no faith in them. I, I assume they're not even going to be making the second book. I haven't heard long. anything about it. I haven't heard anything about it. And you will be the first to know when I do here. Keep it. Uh, no, it just it was so fast. They wanted to rush through the plot line, and like, really, it just doesn't work that way. Just that the story, the structure of the story doesn't work. That, and the story is completely different, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, but they just like too fast. Yeah, and because they make it so fast, it it destroys the unique feeling of it. And it's not it's not super unique, but it's unique enough that like if you take that that part out the part that does set it apart then you just have a bland like normal uh, another hundred one of a hundred thousand you know typical fantasy stories yes you know that right. are on tv already right. there's no yeah. there's no part legend of the seeker <laughs> yeah that's the cherry yeah. good kind show i okay yeah yeah, yeah. uh this is, is like Pathfinder Seek or something like yeah, that. So. Right, yeah, yeah. No, you were close. Yeah, you suggested Pathfinder. Um this is I've just had this thought. Is is that one of some a feeling that my favorite books give me is the feeling that I am actually playing a D&D game with these characters. And I don't know what's going to happen next. And I'm as invested as if I was actually there playing a game. And the reason that I bring that up is because when you go to play D&D, you don't do it for an hour-long episode. You do it for six hours to 12. And that's the episode. And you really know your fucking characters by the end. And I'm not saying this should have been six-hour episodes, but it should have been slower. Yeah, I mean, for a six-hour session, though, the amount of time that you're actually spending, like, doing the role-playing and stuff, I would right. say probably an hour and a half or two hours. That's, so, that's a good point. That's a good point. There's a lot of dice rolling. There's a lot of, like, investing in the combat. Yeah. And so that would probably take up two or three pages in a book, and the role-playing would take up, you know, another 100 pages. Right. So it's really, it's really skewed, but... Yeah, like you get you get more invested in the characters and like that's it's nice to have that sometimes. And there's lots of stories that do that, like lots of TV shows that do that. This didn't need to be one of those because the base story that you're coming from is not that. It's the exact opposite. You know, it is very invested in the characters. It's right. You know, something that investment is in fact crucial to this story. It really yes. is. Because it really is about one of them being a very dangerous person. And they don't know about it, and they're also in danger, and you gotta get to know them and care about whether or not one of them is gonna turn evil. It's gonna be Matt. No, Matt is descended from Arthur Hawkwind. Oh, is he? Is that what you've gotten from it? That's what I want I want you to <laughs> Yes. I want you to experience it because it's so cool and I love it. Oh, Matt is my favorite character. Oh, oh, you haven't said exactly that to me yet. I don't think. Okay, cool. Interesting. Does he have a red hawk associated with him? He does. Okay, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. 
Matt is descended from ancient kings. Uh, I think it's going to be something weird where somehow they're all the dragon reborn, but because they're all together, they're going to be able to turn it into the good dragon or whatever. Some say he will save the world, right? Well, don't 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 respond to that. <laughs> the prophecies say the dragon is going to save the world. So okay. So who says no? Everyone who saw the last one? <laughs> What's that? Uh, who says that the, everyone thinks the Dragon Reborn is going to be very evil and destroy and have an army that's going to... It's it's that double-edged sword thing. Yeah. Um, I think one. I think part of the prophecies that, we, that we've seen already did mention this. Um, part of the prophecy, part of the Carathian cycle is um, yeah. healed the world and save it okay so, okay destruction that he does but also he's gonna save the world so it's it's a very like people aren't gonna be happy about it but it is necessary <laughs> you don't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs exactly <laughs> and i mean we've already we've already kind of gotten to some extent an understanding of why because they talk about you know dark friends being in anywhere like in any position so yep. you can imagine, you know, fighting fighting against the Dark One, you're going to have to be fighting against a lot of people in positions of power and even not positions of power, just like the struggle of, uh, what was that called? Moving food and resources Transportation around. Transportation or shipping. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, general social, yeah, general social good. structure, general society, and, uh, <laughs> commerce. Like, people in both positions can also be dark friends, and you know right, that, yeah. that goes wrong. That's that's a huge thing. <laughs> so, this also seems yeah. to be a world that is winding down. Like we are in the last times. Like there are still people living very normal lives and farmers and towns, but like it is just known these are dark times. Like the it's it's on its um, way. Well, we kind of just get the first inklings of it. I mean, as far as we're at here, like, this is the first time that they've seen any sort of thing like this. Like, they were mentioning in the Two Rivers, like, this is the worst winter that they've ever had. Right, yeah. Wolves, <laughs> no turnips. Yeah. How can you even live without any turnips? And I mean, also when there are wolves attacking. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, it all comes down to turnips and wolves. The same, like, <laughs> level. <laughs> you might be killed, and also we don't have turnips. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to be, when we were in that part of the book, it seemed to be what most people were talking about was ice, turnips, and wolves. Yep. <laughs> Is that... It's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> it's not even their main like export or like farming. They're wool so, traders. <laughs> they need that commerce. They need the trade. They need the roads open to trade their yeah. wool. Their yeah. Wool so the and... sheep shearing was added later on. That's an added chapter. At the very start. Yeah, yes. the Eggween chapter when she's like young. She's like ten, and they're shearing the sheep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, yeah, the, and the ravens, and she notices ravens all over the town. 
Yep. Ominous foreshadowing. I f- I feel like it's kind of awkward. I like it because it does like give more introduction to the characters. Yeah. And I think like you'd probably be less invested for those first few chapters without that. You know, the first few actual chapters without that. But I also think it was kind of overdone. And I think that's okay. probably why he didn't put it in in the first place. Because, okay. like, we're talking about how many ravens they've seen and all of that stuff. And it's like, and at this point we know, you know, for the ravens being the Dark One's eyes, he's clearly had his eye on on the Two Rivers and Eamon's Field for several, several, for several years. years yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's it's very inconsistent. It's like, well, if he if he was looking at them that early, why did it take him that long to, you know, start going after? Uh, t- chained up in a jail, his power is weak and slowly returning. True, but it's just it's. Uh, like, oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if it was that, if it happened that early and. You can imagine that it would be consistent throughout those years. It wouldn't be weird for them to see a, a single raven on the inn the way that they do in what, like the third chapter or whatever, right? Before the and they're like, oh, why is that raven there like that? They would be kind of used to it at that point, you know, after years and years and years of, of seeing that. Around, yeah, yeah. Although from when I read it, it did make sense because I had read a whole chapter about how they're bad omens, so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, it just would make more sense if it was like the yeah. year before, instead of like right six, even eight years before, and they're like. <laughs> I feel like I could see an editor going. You got like two chapters introducing the town, and you got two different prologues, and like we can we can drop one of these and start getting to the point. Yeah, I could see someone and... saying something like that to him. <laughs> And that being the choice that he takes out yeah. totally makes sense sure. because it's like yeah, it's a little like a little disjointed. It's not bad enough. Like clearly, you can still get the idea and not be too bothered by it, but it's still a little bit disjointed. It's like, well, why wouldn't why wouldn't they? So, yeah, it makes sense to both have it in and not have it in. So I'm okay with it either way. It's a little sure. weird, but it's not the end of the world, and it helps the flow. So. Yeah, I think it's all right. It didn't. I didn't feel like there was too many introductions. I really, really, really like the loose there and viewpoint, though. Like that's, ooh, it's so good. Especially starting in the third book, or maybe the fourth. The uh, the second, the character in the second prologue is that. Yeah, okay. loose there and Telemon. Yeah, the original. Right. Yes. Is he a, is, sorry. No, I was just his name. Well, his oh. moniker that he gained from killing his family. <laughs> yeah, Kinslayer. Mm-hmm. Very famous uh, guy in Game of Thrones getting called Kingslayer all the time. Wonder where they got that from. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, it's straightforward enough that you can you can imagine that he maybe just thought of it on his own. But there's also a lot of other things. So but are you I, saying I'm that? The... Sorry. It's like he he takes uh, Martin takes 
a lot of like the kind of stuff that's single, just lying around. Yeah, like single passages and like sure. squishes them together, throws a few pa- a few lines in between them, and makes something unique and really really awesome to read. Uh, but derivative. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Then, yeah. Not really his own writing, in my opinion. Um, so, are you saying we're going to get more perspective from this character? The Kinslayer? Uh, or just yes, that we start to understand him more? Oh, I'm sorry, I keep... <laughs> <laughs> yes and no, and that's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I barely, honestly, I barely remember that, because that's, that's the most out of place as far as the stuff that actually happens in the story, you know, that's very, very displaced hundreds of years ago, thousands? Thousands. Okay, yeah. Certainly. Because Arthur, Arthur Hawkwing was thousands of years ago as well, and that was well after the breaking of the world. Okay. Gotcha. All right, yeah. So it's been, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since Louis the yeah. Slayer has been striding around breaking the world. <laughs> hmm I like that. See, and with that, like, I I would almost want them to move that that prologue back before the Ravens. The, uh, yeah. Okay. And this is where it's a, it's a little awkward because, like, either way you do it, there's going to be kind of a disconnection because having that having that perspective from him that close to the start of the book, uh, like the second chapter when they start talking about the dragon, like just mention it, like being taken by the dragon or whatever. Like if you move it too far from that mention, it sure makes it harder to, yep. you know, uh, yep. it's like you want it there right before the first one, but you also want it to not be cutting the, the, um, Eguin prologue from the, first chapters either right so it's it's very hard to like place it so that's another way it's like going without the egg chapter would probably be uh not a bad thing yeah i could I, as a matter of fact i could i could imagine an editor making that exact point as well <laughs> that really that it does kind of break it up because i mean it is a little like it's a little two two completely different things, and I I definitely started reading that chapter, the second prologue, and being like, what the fuck is this now? Now it's a thousand years ago. Yeah. Now there's yeah. demons and corpses and blood and guts. And it's a much bigger hook, like in terms of what the actual adventure is, what the story is. Like the first the first prologue, the Eglin prologue doesn't really give you any information or hook you into what the story is about, you know? Yeah. So, in terms of that, like, the Luce Theron perspective is so much stronger, because if... And I'm probably going to recommend that people do read that prologue first, and maybe only from here on, because I didn't even know that that other prologue existed, so I had no way of, like, Warning you. <laughs> Interesting. But, you would say, su- all right. You would suggest that people skip Ravens. Is that is that your official, or um, skip it, or re- or read it, or read it in the reverse order? Yeah, at the very least, read it in the reverse order. It's not ideal, 
but it at least gives a better hook and like gives you an idea of what you're getting into and it's not so confusing on like who is this where is this why do i care about this because that's that's what the first prologue should do or the first chapter should do is it should give you something to like be like what you want to see you know like uh it, it should inform you about what the story is going to be more and so having yeah. that uh i don't know how to how word this really um having that viewpoint of you know the the earthquakes going on there the madness that you see the mentioning of shaitan very striking um, yeah and so it's it's a very big draw and you go oh man i want to i want to know why why what, this all happened what, right what you know what what are they even talking about and like to then go into the into the even the ravens chapter it's like okay well uh we'll uh, we know this, there's a dark one this is the real starting point this is the people that we're going to be following this yes. is the people that are going to arrive at a point where we understand what that first prologue was about yep and so like that that should definitely be your hook so that should be the first thing that you read um especially because like you said it's kind of jarring going back and forth you go nearly present time to super far in the past to actual present time and you're like why why did we make that yeah. weird jump in the middle <laughs> i don't even know why this yeah and it also sets the tone differently because you're yeah. if that first thing that you read is the ravens chapter then you're kind of like oh, okay so it's kind of just like a, a farm thing with you know maybe something going on in the background and then suddenly you get a no this is actually super high magic and like dark one and, and you're like oh uh, uh that's a little dark <laughs> <laughs> you know what uh, yeah okay so i agree with you that like that yes um louis theron first and then ravens i agree yeah i like that i like that read better sorry yeah. robert well it wasn't this isn't probably not his decision <laughs> right this yeah he didn't decide because he's, you know, been dead for a fair bit of time now. So yeah. Definitely. And yeah. these these special editions and anniversary editions come out. Like I said, my my edition is the Amazon edition. Great. Yeah, I have, I've got the Google Play edition as well. So but yeah, if you want to go to the library and check out that book that they have there, that's that's an original print book what i saw yeah i'm so. gonna take a i'm gonna take a look at that and i'm gonna check out number two that was in the end what robert jordan decided was the correct book that he wanted to put out right which was no I'm ravens sure. to be clear but that was what he decided is the hook for the yep. for the book in the series well great um I'm gonna, I'm gonna stream some Vampire the Masquerade. You're welcome to hang out with me if you like. But uh, thank you for talking about Eye of the yeah. World. I love it. It's my favorite, and I love introducing people to it. So I love Great. talking about it. 
Great. I'm glad I'm glad you're into this. I'm, I'm glad we're doing a book club. This is we'll have to try to get we'll, we'll have to try to talk to Fickle at some point. Yeah, hopefully we can get him in. Or and yeah, and whoever. I'm sure yeah, we'll see. We'll see what other books anyone but I mean I'm but who cares? Actually, honestly, I'm I'm very happy to be doing this with you. So awesome. All right. Thank you for listening to Maybe We'll Talk. Um great. I the world is great. Thank you so much to Alex. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get this. Maybe this one will come out sooner because now I'm at like chapter 36 or something. And I'm editing this five chapters ago. And I'm like, wow, I, a lot of things have happened between now and then. I mean, some of the reason I put out like three of these a week is so things stay fresh. And I'm not putting out old shit where we may be talking about it throws me off anyway who cares why am i still talking about this boy there were a lot of computer noises and things uh going off in that one but yeah thanks for listening to maybe we'll talk a podcast where i talk to people on the phone this one was literally a phone call maybe you can tell um yeah so here we are uh check us out on koyadk.tv that's c-u-y-a-d-k-d-k.tv and you can get a link to our discord and come talk to us about books and vampires and all of this shit you can get a link to my etsy and buy some soap for me which i would really appreciate it helps support all of this you can also support me on patreon and a bunch of other places there is uh links to videos and all my social bullshit and stuff so uh yeah I got a. I really have had a solid week. I hope everyone had a nice week. I really was very productive. I've got a little bit more stuff to do. I got a. I got myself a copy of Tears of the Kingdom. Thank you so much, Toronto ABC. And um, I got to go out tomorrow morning and make soap and put cricket labels on a whole bunch of wooden crates for a. We've mentioned uh, I'm going to be selling soap at a a, a don donation a, a pet adoption fundraiser. No just an adopted an adoption event a place where you can adapt adopt cats and buy soap for me and uh, there will be information on where you can attend to such an event on my discord if you check out cuiadk.tv so it's gonna have to be until at uh, tomorrow afternoon at some point i'll be able to eat edibles and play zelda for the rest of the weekend uh, but not yet however i have already eaten some edibles and i wish there was something in this pipe so that i could hit it before I uh, roll the last portion of the podcast. So everybody, uh, why don't you like uh, tune in or turn on or drop in or pop out and uh, smoke them if you got them. Flyocity, make some noise.